You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I'm Marcus, and it's uh, week 40 of your Q&A. Um, and once again, it's been a pretty, pretty uh, busy week for me. I've had um, a lot of different shows coming in, um, and it's been good. Starts to feel a bit more like normality um, again. Played a couple of venues, had a brilliant night last Saturday. First uh, Saturday cabaret for me. Um, pretty much since about I think uh, October of last year um, at uh, at the British Legion in um, Harlow, Latin Road um, or Latin Common they call it and um, yeah they, it was nice to get back out again and um, I was nervous for the first time in a while um, very rarely um, feel nervous I think um, you know, these days you you pretty much rock up and you and you go to work. But yeah, I felt a bit nervous because um, you know you want to make sure you, there's there's nothing like match practice getting you know getting ready and there's nothing like actually being on there with an audience in front of you. you can practice as much as you want, but that's the important stuff. So um, it went well, and it was nice to be back out doing it. Um, if I sound a bit out of breath, it's because I've got my son over, 11-year-old Matthew, who, and I've literally jumped off the bouncy castle a little while ago. Oh, yeah, I'm a big kid, but I think a bouncy castle is a great leveller. I think uh, nobody's too big for it. And if you are too big for it, you sort of go, oh, I'm not going on there. And then later on, you will end up on there. Um, and uh, we, Matthew and I like to settle our disputes uh, in, in the right way. He he likes Cobra Kai, and I, I prefer the original Karate Kid films. And um, he um, we wanted to sit down and, and talk about it, but in the end I decided to set the bouncy castle up and dig out the huge inflatable boxing gloves that I had, and we had the debate that way. So um, I'm sorry to say that uh, he won that particular debate but anyway it's nice to be back your questions have been coming in and I've uh, got some good ones um, this week and uh, I think we'll get straight down to work the first question comes from Angie and Angie is in Biggleswade up in Bedfordshire hi Angie hi Marcus I just wondered have any of your pupils gone on to be successful musicians and is there a bit of you that envies them or are you just really pleased for them um hello Angie all right um I think the point of doing what we do as, as uh, I don't know, teachers, mentors, whatever it is you want to call it, is that you inspire people to go off and do other things. I have one or two um, that I've worked with over the years that went on to do some some things in the West End and some shows and things like that. And um, one or two of them um, became pretty successful singer-songwriters. Owen Williams, Freddie, uh, Freddie and the Fabs, they're out there working. Um, so... Yeah, it's um, it's not too bad at all, to be honest. It's um, I, I never ever get envious because um, it, I I saw a thing on um, for those of you who don't know who he is, Google him. But one of the greatest cricketers or batsmen ever was uh, Sachin Tendulkar from India, and I saw an interview with him, and he said it, even though he had access to the greatest coaches in the world, he still cared about what his original coach thought. So he would, he would, you know, probably score a hundred or something for India, and then a week later he'd phone his coach up. Um, bearing in mind he could have anybody in the world, he'd phone his original coach from school to get a real honest opinion um, on what he did wrong. And uh, I feel a bit like that, really. I always felt that if I worked worked with somebody and um, that they ended up being really successful, then people would want to know at some point 
you know who they worked with initially and um and I like to think that somewhere along the line they might you know r- you know write to me or email me and and um in in Owen's case he he sent me his first album which meant a lot to me he 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 um he sent me his first album and just said you had a lot to do with this and I really appreciate it which was nice and um Owen's doing well he's he's okay he's doing he's um I try and keep an eye on him I know I know he's got uh, he's got a little baby now or um, and uh, I hope he's all right. And if he's listening in, um, drop us a text, mate, because it'd be nice to catch up. See, I haven't seen you for a while. Um, but no, I, I think the point of it is that you want them to go off and do, uh, if not the same as you, then to go off and, and be better than you, particularly at grassroots level. See, it's it's not like I can sit here and say, when I was at Wembley, I just feel like um, I'm there for the breeding side of it, just to, to get you in and to get you used to it and to, you know, the early stages. And um, when you've got the tough crowds, I'm there to pick up the pieces and say, you know, it happens. It's it's one of those things. And to cry, kind of nurse you through the early stuff. Once you get to a, a higher level than uh, I ever got to or a higher level than I, you know, am really ever going to get to, although we all keep the dream alive, boys and girls, um, then, uh, you know, the, the, I, I can't really understand what that's like. But I think if you want to keep your feet on the ground, you ring me and say, I've got a new album, I'd be interested to know what you think. Because that initial um, closeness, I think, that you build up is kind of there. It's, um, I think, years ago when I was at school and one of the teachers would always say to me, can you play guitar for me? Years later... I always wanted to meet her, and if I'd have met her again, I would have said to her, "Thanks for everything you did." I just, you know, I want you to know that I that I went on to do something with the ability that you you always you know would encourage. So um, I think it's important. Um, I, I have no reason to be envious. I mean, I I think I, I've mellowed in my old age. I don't feel so bad now. I used to watch Top of the Pops and watch these boy bands and you know, girl groups and on there and watch them. And they used to think, what's this about? You know, I'm, and, and in the end, I realized that it's not about ability. It isn't about whether or not you're better than somebody. See, music isn't like that. Music's not about, um, you know, uh, sport or, or anything where you're time trial or you're, a, it, it's purely about um, having drive and ambition and um, pushing yourself up the front making the most noise and also right place, right time. I think there's a certain amount of that and people can see something in you that isn't always as marketable um, in somebody else. And um, unfortunately, I was the somebody else. I mean, my eyes always roll when people say, oh, you should go on X Factor. And Yeah, really? You know, because the more that series goes on, the more it seems to be hand-picked as well. You know, the, the, you had a girl a couple of years ago, fabulous singer. She was absolutely brilliant. Well, she should be brilliant because she was playing Tina Turner in the West End um, and been handpicked to do it. And so, you know, and, and the, there's a young boy who sung at Michael Jackson's funeral, you know, sung at Michael Jackson's funeral, and he'd been on The X Factor and sung the wrong song. And then they said, is there anything else you sing? And wouldn't you know it? He sung a Michael Jackson song. And, well, he would do. He was playing him in Thriller in the West End and in Broadway. This kid was mustard. So a lot of what we see and what we hear is, is manufactured anyway. And I always believe and I maintain that the real talent is in your venues on a Saturday night um, out there doing it properly. And they're on merit. They're because people like them and want to rebook them. Not there because 
you know, lots of people voted for him because they they got lot, you know, they're they're blokes with with long hair and tattoos and look really really great. Um, I think the Saturday night stuff and the Thursday night stuff and you know the uh, grassroots level invariably. Of course, there are exceptions, and I've seen some terrible ones, but invariably, you're booked and rebooked because you're good at what you do. Um, I don't think it's because it's marketed or or for a particular audience. I mean, I, I don't wish to sound bitter on that. I'm not bitter, honestly. I was bitter, but I'm not now. I, I, I don't worry about that. They can have it because maybe they had more drive than I'll ever have. My drive is to get through the Saturday night show and then the next week be back at another venue and, and do a good enough job that they want me back and to keep, um, you know, keep keep going. Um, like a, I was going to say, like a Rolling Stone, keep gathering, gathering moss and stuff. Um, talking to the Rolling Stones, my own, particular tribute to Charlie Watts, um, an absolute legend. And, and what's amazing about Charlie was that he was the only drummer. You see, Mick has his, I mean, don't get me wrong, Mick's great, they're all great, but they have other guitar players and other instruments and stuff like that and and other backing vocals to fill it all in. So you've got other people sort of doing the job alongside um, the rest of the group, but Charlie was the only drummer. And uh, that must have, unbelievable. And um, I never met him, and I kind of wish I had, but I never met him. But every interview I saw with him, I always felt he was a gentleman. And reading the obituaries and the reading the tributes coming in from other legendary musicians, um, they all seem to, to feel the same way about him. And um, not that the grassroots music has anything to do with that, but um, to lose a, uh, a legend like that and not mention it on here when music has been my life for so long, would be wrong. So I wanted to do that. But no, Angie, I, I don't get bitter or envious. I'm, I'm proud of what they do. And um, I always, when, I, when I've been invited um, up to London to watch a performance they've been involved in or something like that, I've always gone. I've never asked to go backstage or anything like that, although a lot of the time um, they've messaged me and said, oh, can we meet for a drink afterwards or something? And I've said, yeah, you know, have a coffee or something. So it's meant that's meant a lot to me. Um, but I'm never envious. Um, I, I had my chances and, uh, maybe I didn't push myself as hard as I should have done, but I, I can't regret that because, you know, I'm where I am and I'm, I'm doing all right. Thank you for your question, Angie. Deborah says, hi, Marcus. Um, I just wondered about the wear and tear on the body. Obviously the throat over the years will take a battering, but I wondered about the rest of the body. Um, hello, Deborah. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, it's being on stage and performing um, sort of week in and week out takes its toll on on certain parts of the body. Yes, the throat, obviously, you get a sore throat. People always say you get a sore throat. I don't think it's a sore throat. I think you just, um, because you you sing through a a sore throat and stuff like that. And um, I'm a little bit tough. I'm, you know, it's because I've, I've, kind of performed under every every possible circumstance and um and I always feel that there's if there's a way to get a note to come out of me then I'm going to find it and I'm stubborn maybe I'm not as stubborn as I used to be I think with age or getting older I think you get um you become all responsible and when I was 25 and I couldn't sing I used to just scream until something came out and worry about tomorrow tomorrow which was kind of my uh, all the way through my teens and into my 20s was was really my motto. I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, this tonight's gig is about tonight and there's nothing coming out, so I'm going to have to find it. I think as you get older, I think just instinct 
kicks in and you suddenly find yourself saying, you know, hang on a minute, let's let's take it easy here. Let's let's just do something we can do. Um, let's take some something down a key and let's do that. But the wear and tear on the body, what I've noticed, I mean, first of all, people that know me, my posture isn't great because I had a guitar around my, uh, over my shoulder, around my neck, if you like, um, all the way through my teens as I was growing. So, and I got into Metallica at about 15 or 16 and they had their guitars low and I wanted my guitar low. So I sort of would play my guitar low and probably too low. And um, although, you know, that's uh, also I didn't really stand up as straight as I should have done um, over the years. It's uh, although it's not noticeable to me, um, it's uncomfortable at times because I try and stand up a little bit too straight to try and keep my core straight when I'm singing, which I do by moving my mic stand a little bit too high. So there's a tip there. If you're thinking that um, you want to get the best out of your vocals, sometimes um just put your microphone stand just a touch too high. So really, um, it's just, instead of being where it should be, it's just between your nose and your mouth. And then you've got to just stretch a little bit and stand up as straight as you can, which in turn straightens up your core. You've got to be careful not to go too high because otherwise you start lifting your head. But it's nice if you can just straighten and keep everything in line and just have it a little bit too high. The wear and tear on the body is things like your knees, Things like your back, things like the shoulder from having a guitar and obviously loading the van on and off. You can have twinges and because some of that gear is heavy at grassroots level. We don't have roadies that do it. We we have to do it ourselves. Um, but really, it's um, I think you've got to, you know, in my case, sometimes you've got to take better care of yourself. Um, and I had to make a decision somewhere along the line. I was playing a bit of sport, not much sport, but a bit of cricket on a Saturday. And in the end, I thought I'd. I'd I'm doing too many shows here, and if I am not careful, then I'm going to break a finger playing cricket, or I won't be able to play and earn money from music. So if music's going to be my life, then I need to commit to it, and I need to step away from all the silly stuff, and uh, all the silly stuff, but all the stuff that could damage me. But then today, I've been bouncing around on the, on the bouncy castle, and I could blow my knees out or fall off. I think, you know, things like that can happen. The obvious things are the throat. In my case, the sinuses. My sinuses were bad. I've had a sinus operation, two sinus operations. I've had an operation on my uh, foot, um, which I had a huge, uh, I'll go into too much detail, but let's just say it was like a big um, cyst. I have a varicose vein on my left leg from all the standing and all the, and the fact that I'm a big bloke, I'm six, six foot seven. And uh, so the wear and tear on the legs. Um, but look, I ain't no old cripple. I can still get up there and, and do what I do, but... Um, I just think it's, yeah, it's important to uh, look after yourself, um, look after the obvious things, your voice and also your um, breathing. You know, the other thing as well is sometimes if I, if I put a bit of weight on, I struggle to breathe. Um, so, you know, sometimes you have to do a little bit of cardio work, a little bit of walking just to, first of all, burn some calories off. But secondly, just to take better care of yourself. But um, everybody's different. That's just my story. But uh, thanks for your question, Deborah innovation studios has all the tools you would need to bring your music to life get in touch to book a free consultation this is our opportunity to chat about your music listen to demos and if you're unsure find which pricing would fit you best there are no hidden costs once a booking is made and price agreed there are no further hidden charges our team at innovation studios are professional musicians 
We know that sometimes a recording may run into an extra hour or an extra day. Your original price will stand. Guidance that will help you make a great sounding album at an affordable price. www.innovationstudios.com Ralph in Basildon. Hi, Marcus. Should you stick to songs people know at gigs or can you mix it up with your own material? Um, Hi, Ralph. Uh, Depends on your audience. I think uh, on a Saturday night when you're entertaining and you want people to get up and dance, you need to play stuff that's um, people know. It annoys me when these these kids, these young upstarts, when you see them on Facebook and they're on there saying, I'm different. I don't want to play the same stuff that everybody else has played for years and uh, I don't play all that old cheese because that's not what I'm about. I'm about having a really good time. And then you watch their set and it's all miserable, slow stuff flying without wings, you know, which is which is lovely and has its place. But people want to get up and have a dance and they'll play a load of modern stuff that people are sitting there going, this is just a load of banging stuff. Um, so, you know, I think it depends if, if you know, if, if your own stuff is quite dancey. See, in the case of Wall to Wall, we could throw in waiting for a call because it was a bit 60s um we didn't do it very often but sometimes it was good to have um and people would respond to it um in a in a number of ways they never threw anything but but no i think you could get away with playing maybe one in the first half one in the second half um but if you're there to entertain and you want everyone to have a good time then keep it upbeat and keep it interesting um because otherwise um you can you can lose uh, the audience original stuff has its place at things like open mics and uh band showcases and and there is a huge market still for original music out there otherwise i'm out of a job aren't i um but th- there is you know there's still a huge market for original music and and the original bands can still pick up a support somewhere and i think where this is where sometimes people make the mistake at, at grassroots level is that they they want to play somewhere like the Towngate or or it used to be Riga Music Bar or the Touchline um, or the, there's a Lee Community Centre as well, which is near to us, or any of the music venues across the UK. They, we've, we've played many of them, the, Mar- the Marquee, Sheldon Marquee, um, loads of them. But what the bands try and aspire to do is to headline there one day. But what I don't think about is how they could get a foot in the door by doing either a showcase on a Thursday night and people can see what you can do or trying to get a support somewhere so write to a couple of the bands that are playing there and just say you know we'd like to support you would you like to have listened to what we do do you think that you know we could we could work together sometime somewhere along the line and if one member of that band suddenly say i really like what you do then you're in business all of a sudden they they might say yeah we'll have you support us i mean uh calicanesis picked up a few shows like that by writing to some of the headline bands um, and in the case of um, Amsterdam, who um, Ian Prowse, who's um, well, I, th- I, p- I think he's a real legend of um, of, of particularly of uh, Merseyside music. But um, you know, we Steve wrote to him and and, and submitted some music, and and um, Prowse listened to it and and said, "Yeah, we'd, we'd like you to support us." And and to his credit, to his eternal eternal credit. When we supported them at uh, the Islington Academy, Calicanesis, he he said to the rest of the band, I, I can't come out because obviously Amsterdam and stuff, it's about him and he didn't want to come out before the show and do autographs. But he sent the band out 
to watch uh, our show, which meant a lot to us. And he said, you know, these, these are this is there's some great music here. Go out and see them. Um, and subsequently, we did two or three uh, support slots with um, with Ian Prowse and Amsterdam. Um, and we always enjoyed doing it. And to be fair, we'd, we we would have done more, and, and we would have we would have probably taken a few more. But in our case, um, we'd run our course, and we sort of said we'd give it a good go. And things were changing, and a couple of us were looking to get married and settle down and move on with our lives. And um, so we we sort of said, okay, we we took a deep breath and we said that'll do. But we had a great time, and we were we were concentrating on other things by then anyway. But yeah, that, that was really really cool to do that. Um, and there is a place for your own music. And if you are an original um, artist, have a look at some showcases. See if you can get some support slots. But don't write to the town gate and say, can we come and headline? Write to the town gate and say, look, can we come and support one of the lesser known bands? You've got to look at where you are on a ladder. You can't, although you, you know, you can't look at where you want to be. Um, you can look at where you want to be, but you've got to look at where you are when it comes to trying to get some work in a diary. If you suddenly, uh, if I suddenly write to the town gate and say, I want to come and headline on my own with the matching, then how many tickets is that going to sell? But if, if they suddenly have a band there who have been around for a while and, um, then they say, well, you'll be perfect for that. Cause it's only, you know, we've sold about two thirds of the tickets and you might sell the other third or, or whatever. So yeah, we'll give you a chance. So you go and do it, and then um, you know people get to see you. It's important that people get to see you. Um, the, the music in the industry has changed. It's not what it used to be. It's, it's not that you used to send the demo off, and if they liked you, they write back to you and give you a ten album deal, um, or a two album deal maybe. Um, it's changed a lot now. You have to do the donkey work, which is right. You do have to do it. You've got to put the time in and put yourself out there. Um, important to do that, but try and do it on the right night. If you turn up at um, at the Batley Community Centre and Fred and Margaret are there for a dance on a Saturday night and you're playing your original song about having holes in your socks and bad teeth, then let me tell you, you better you better start playing uh, you better start playing Johnny Be Good and Quickly. <laughs> Thanks for your question. Michael and Di D A I from Essex. Hi Marcus, I just wondered, is it possible for people with a mental or a physical disability to play music or to form a band? Hello Michael and hello Di. Um, of course it is. Of course it is. There's, there's um, as, as I always say, there's nothing to stop you, nothing else can stop you like yourself. Okay, if you believe you can do something, you will. Now I... Before, before all of the music and before I really was pushing for it, I used to work um, in a sports centre many, many years ago. I was about 16, 17. I worked in a sports centre. And there used to be um, a... Uh, they used to call it learning difficulties or special needs. And if I'm using the wrong terminology, I'm sorry, but that's what it was referred to as. Um, although you did... Yeah... Um, you did say mental or dis a physical disability in your question, so I'm assuming it's okay to, to say that. And this group, um, it was called the Ashley Centre, which is in um, Basildon. And what happened was their building, which was um, there in Whitmore Way, was closed for refurb. And they moved the um, clients and um, into 
um, a sports centre into a room at the sports centre. So what they would they would be upstairs in like the bar area. Well, the bar wasn't open, or it could be open now and again, but that, that's that's by the by. And what they would do was they would they would would bus the clients in every day. And what we discovered, or what I discovered over that time, and and look, I'm no expert. I'm only I'm only telling you from my particular experience. I was amazed by how quickly, when those clients, those those human beings, those people were exposed to, um, I'm going to use the word normality, all right, and I, I hope that's not too controversial, but when they're exposed to, let's say, a, a, a more of a public environment, how quickly and how many more uh, skills they seem to learn. I mean, we had conversations. I had conversations with them a few times, um, with the uh, the carers and the key workers, and talking to them about, um, you know, how how they were able to be a little bit more independent. They were able to catch the bus on their own now because they'd had to do it every single day, and now they were doing it. And and, and instead of just getting on the bus and, and coming into the sports centre, they were getting on the bus and going into town, and they were able to. Um, I always feel awkward saying it, but I'm going to be honest, integrate into normal society. They were able to to come in to that environment and be accepted and to accept us. And they would help um, the staff with little jobs, some little tidying up jobs and organising some cupboards. And, and, um, and of course, if I got a break, I'd go up and play pool with a couple of them or play darts with, a, with uh, Peter in the corner, Peter Wettering. Um, I always remember Peter. And um, I found, as everybody did, that they were so knowledgeable about music they really knew music and peter always had his walkman on every day now peter shouted a lot because he had his walkman on every day and he had it on too loud but if you if you spoke to any of them about music they all had back then it was cassettes but they all had you know pretty much it was about three of them uh, michael lewis was one they had about four um, of them that had bags and bags of cassettes and would bring in and say, I've done this mixtape of whatever. And, and they knew about the platters and they knew about the singers and who sang the song and who wrote the song. Um, I suppose it's, ju- it's just a, um, a knowledge thing. It's just a passion thing. But when it came to talking to them about music, I took my guitar in and then played um, a few songs over Christmas uh, for them once, just for a bit of fun. And they were all singing along and I gave them some instruments and, um, you know, some tambourines and stuff. And um, if, if you are able to maintain and if you're able to keep that knowledge and to store that, that knowledge and to um, the, the powers of recall that they would have, um, if you talk to one or two of them about a particular band and the, he was the original member and then he left and somebody else joined and I didn't like him as much. And I was amazed by how much they knew about music. So if they were, if any of them were to play a piano or to play a musical instrument, um, then no doubt that they would probably pick it up quickly. I just don't know whether the access to it is that readily or was readily available then. I hope it is now. Um, when it comes to, so that, I mean, that was more of a, that was more of mental um, disability, if you like. That was more of a learning difficulties um, or special needs, they used to call it. Um but I didn't see any reason why they wouldn't have been able to, apart from maybe, I don't, I don't know the coordination, maybe I, I don't understand it, so I'm being ignorant, or maybe I'm maybe I'm just being honest and I just don't understand it. And if there's anybody who wants to email me, and I hope there's somebody out there that, that has looked into um, 
uh, forming a, a special needs music group because if there is one out there, I'd, I'd love to do a feature on it with you and to talk to you about it. So please email me and let me know or um, uh, at Innovation Studios UK at Gmail um, or go to the website www.innovationstudios.com. And if you have got a, a club um, where you, uh, for, for people with learning difficulties or special needs or mental or, or physical disability and, they're, and they're, everyone's making music, I would be honoured to come down and to meet you and to talk to you about that. Um, but there's no reason. When it comes to uh, physical disability, then the obvious thing is that um, it depends what the disability is. I, I've, I've talked before about being able to... Um, you know, still still play guitar to a certain extent with with a finger missing, um, and um, you know people there. There's always a way of doing something, and there are enough instruments to go round, and um, you know that you you can find a way. So yes, it's very possible, and uh, I only hope that uh, it's also um, out there and happening. And if it is. Please let me know, but there is no reason why that can't happen. Thank you so much for your question, uh, Michael and I. I love that. Grassroots Music UK, in association with Innovation Studios, presents the ultimate one-day workshop for songwriters. Advice and analysis on songwriting techniques and methods, how songs are created, structured, recorded and produced. Tuition, analysis and guidance on how to make a great sounding album on a bedroom budget using recording software and digital audio workstation. Learn how effects and plugins work and the most effective way to use them. Mixing and mastering to CD, WAV and MP3. Adding album artwork, tags and songwriter info. Where to have your mastered CD copied in bulk for selling at your shows. How to upload your music to iTunes and digital media online radio stations and how to submit your music for airplay. Advice on venues, promotions, showcases and open mic nights in the area. To book a place and be added to the waiting list, please call 01702 836 649 or email innovationstudiosuk at gmail.com. Alan, nobody's telling me where they're from this week. Alan, hi. What can I put on my walls to improve the sound when I'm recording myself? Hi, Alan. Um, it depends where you're doing it. Um, it used to be the old egg boxes, you know. <laughs> Years ago, you get the old egg boxes and put them up on the wall. I think it's um, what you really need is you need a nice, um, fairly flat sort of space. And when I say flat, I mean flat in terms of sound. But over the years... Um, Musicians, I, I, I know that musicians have said, I recorded the acoustic guitar in the bathroom because it was a nice echo. And, and you listen to it, you think, wow, you know, you can't get that. But, um, I mean, I have the, the soundproof um, foam, which is like the ridged stuff, um, but which it's not, it's not incredibly cheap, but it's not incredibly expensive either. But that keeps everything in here pretty flat. So if I'm recording, it means there isn't any... Um, echo or bounce back from the walls so if i'm recording an acoustic it's a flat atmosphere which is what i want really because if, if i'm adding reverb to something and i want it to sound good i can tell exactly how much reverb i've got on it whereas if i'm in an echoey room it sounds great before, you know it sounds echoey before you've even added the reverb but then you take it out in your car and you think my goodness me this sounds awful so 
I think you can get some you can get some foam, but really I think there there are things you can do. Um, like you can put, um, you know, if 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 you've got a couple of curtains up, you can put a, put a, put a sound curtain up, or you can put a pin a curtain to the wall, or, or something like that, or just just to have an enclosed space. Um, it used to be the egg boxes, but these days it's um, you can get the the memory foam. It depends if it's just your little space and it's in a little room. You know, shut the door um, and close the windows and you'll find it's pretty flat in there anyway. If you take the carpet out, it'll echo more. If it's carpeted, um, then normally it's pretty pretty flat in there. But um, when it comes to on the walls, if you're recording a vocal and you're sort of le- uh, facing the wall, as you sing, you'll get a little bit of bounce back, which isn't always discernible to the ear. And I think at our level, um, it's not the end of the world. But if you want everything to be absolutely flat... Uh, the cheap way is the old egg boxes, but you can get the you can get the foam, um, the the soundproof um, sort of foam that uh, it's difficult to explain, but it's the ridged foam. I, I you know ignorantly I can't remember what it's called, but um, that's I've got that on three of the walls at Innovation Studios, and the fourth wall um, I haven't. I've just got some pictures on the wall, and because um, that's where the door and the window is. So everything, if I'm recording a vocal, I face into the corner so i've got like a built-in vocal booth by recording right in the corner um but i think really make sure you've got a carpet down and make sure that um if you're in a big space you're set up in the corner don't set up in the middle of the room because everything's going to echo around but thank you very much for your question uh nicholas and nicholas is in chelmsford hi marcus how important is it for me to get public liability and or insurance and or a PAT test? Um, hi, Nick. I think it's important. All right. I, I, know, I know there'll be people out there who say, well, I only play 10 or 15 shows. What's the point? But to be honest, for what you pay um, to, to get cover, it's worth it. I mean, I've, I've music, music guard I, I am with and I pay 585 a month. And that covers me for up to, I think it's five million. Um, because you've got to remember that sometimes you go and play somewhere. And if you're going to be the sort of entertainer that plays in the dog and duck on a Saturday and that's all you do, you know, then hypothetically, you don't need it as much, but you still need it. Because if you if one week you're there and you drop a speaker on somebody or somebody kicks your speaker over and it blows the electrics at the pub and you're completely to blame for it or you're liable for it, you want to make sure you're covered because that's a lot of money. So you should cover yourself. But um, if you're a serious entertainer and you're looking to play weddings and nice uh, proper music venues and um, to be booked regularly, then it's important to be covered and it's important that your equipment is safe. And it's only, um, you know, most of the time you can get 25, 30 items pat tested for about 65, 70 quid. Um, and that makes sure you're covered. You've got your sticker on it. And uh, a lot of these venues want to see evidence of that. And you'll find that a lot of agents these days, everybody wants to be covered. So a lot of these places, they want to see um, a certificate of insurance and they want to see a certificate of um, pat testing to make sure that you're OK. Uh, 25 years ago, a lot of the venues used to use that as an excuse to put their own DJ in there and to charge you extra. So you might book a DJ for something and... Um, then they'd say, has he got this? Has he got pat test? And has he got insurance? And most of the time you, you booked your mate to play a few soccer, you know, a few, few records on the night. And um, 
And I'd say, well, you know, I have, well, no, we have to have pet tests, so we'll, we'll have to book you one of ours, and he'll be 300 quid. And you think, oh, I was going to give me mate a score. So um, the, it used to be a little bit more um, used as uh, a profit thing, but these days it's used as a safety thing, which, to be fair, it should be, and your equipment should be safe. But, look, I'm a grassroots musician. I have played gigs. I, we had a tape on one of our um, bit of black tape on one of our plugs for about six months, you think, oh, you know, we need to we need to put a screw in there, and then you, it you know, still working though, it's still working. But look, we were kids; it was a different world then. Make sure your stuff is safe. Make sure it's pat tested, and make sure that um, the right fuses are in it as well, so that there are no comebacks for what you pay. Um, it's not worth it because it's a lot more affordable now than it was when I first started. When I first started to get public liability insurance to get your equipment insured, which is another thing that's important to get as well, which sometimes you can get as a joint deal um, with, I think it's uh, with Music Guard. You can, um, I sound like one of these YouTube people now, don't I? Just trying to promote something. I promise you I'm not sponsored by them. But they're who I use and they can cover your equipment because you, you, your stuff can get nicked. You know, people, your stuff can get nicked out your car or you can leave your boot unattended for five, ten seconds and someone will make off your guitar. It happens. I haven't seen it, but, I, you know, it, nothing surprises me. So make sure that your equipment is safe and make sure that it's insured. And that also goes for the guitars as well. Most of the guitars, I think all of the guitars have a serial number printed on the back of the headstock. So if you didn't know that and you wondered what that number was, it is a serial number. It's identified when it comes out of the factory. And if you insure that or you make a note of that, in the event of that being stolen, somebody can... It's a bit like the engine number, you know, like on a car. People have, an, have a, a vehicle... Uh, or, a, or an engine number so if the car gets nicked they can say yeah it's uh, this one you know even if the um, number plates have changed there's a number on the engine um, which again can be f I'm, I'm assuming that these people can find a way of getting rid of it but on the back of a guitar you get a little serial number make a note of that my, my serial numbers are noted down so that if anything should happen um, or they should go missing then it, there's no guarantee that I'll get them back but I have slightly more chance of getting them back if um, I have the serial number and if I tell people to look for it. And you never know. The powers of Facebook these days, somebody loses a wallet and somebody puts a picture of it on Facebook and within a couple of hours I've got it back. So that's uh, one of the real positives of, of social media. And, and, of course, that you can listen to this podcast, which now you can listen to on Amazon Music and Audible as well because uh, they uh, message me very kindly and asked me if I was interested in something in the podcast for Amazon Music, and I said yes. So now it's on Amazon Music, it's on Spotify, it's on Podcast Player, it's on Apple Music, it's on SoundCloud, of course, um, and most digital streaming uh, sites and digital streaming apps. Um, so ensure your gear, make sure it's safe. That pretty much wraps it up for this week. Um, now... The interviews are going to be coming up very, very soon. I'm loath to take a week off next week. Um, I was I was going to say I'll have next week off and then start, um, once the kids go back to school and I have a bit more time to get some people in, I'll be um, starting interviews and I'll be looking forward to that. But um, I think the way things stand at the moment, um, I think I'll throw another one in next week. Or maybe, maybe I'll do something special, keep your eyes 
appealed. I might do something special for for that one, just as an interim one. I might just um, put something in there. But I I will have something next week, as I do every week, at uh, Grassroots Music UK. So stay tuned for that one. Thank you for listening in. Thanks um, once again for your subscriptions. Thank you for... Um, all of your emails and your questions. Don't forget, www.innovationstudios.com is the website. Um, innovationstudiosuk at gmail. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us, oh, you can find us everywhere. Instagram. We're on all sorts of things these days. But I, I'd like to say we're going places, but we can't get anywhere, and I can't get anywhere without your help. So tell your mates, share the posts. Um, And let's get out there because I'm the same as you. I just want to play music for a living. I just want to play music for fun. I just want to play music because I love it. And um, again, once again, God bless you, Charlie Watts. You were one of the greatest, uh, if not the greatest drummers of all time. And uh, I want to say a big special thank you um, to Helen again, who helped me to um, put these list of questions into some sort of order. And a little shout out to me me old mate, Ken, um, who was very nervous last Saturday when we worked together, but he did a solid job as always, and I'll look forward to seeing him tomorrow. I'll be back here in the hot seat again next Friday at six o'clock. Until then, you take very good care of yourselves out there. Enjoy what's left of the summer holidays, kids, um, and enjoy what's um, enjoy your last few days of, uh, of fun and freedom before the old school year starts again. Look, you had an easy time of it last year, all right? You were able to sit at home and learn online. Um, this time, you've got to go back in. All right, God bless you all. Thanks a lot. I'm out of here, all right? Yours Music, signing off. Bye-bye for now.